Hi, listener. Just an FYI that there is some language around the 545 mark and 3645 mark, if that is something you are sensitive to. Okay, enjoy the interview. Welcome to Laura Asks About Motherhood, where I, Laura Pruitt, ask my guests about their experiences of being a mom. Today's guest is a lady who has had a pretty diverse life. She was raised in a strict religious cult in Indiana and now lives in the San Francisco Bay Area and is queer identifying. But all of her extreme ups and downs, she is grateful for. She has a three-year-old son named Calix that she placed for an open adoption when he was a newborn. Please welcome Carrie. Hello. So, Carrie, did you always know that you wanted kids? Um, did I always know I wanted to have kids? Uh, I mean, you know, growing up in this religion, um, which is German Baptist, um, it's kind of in the Mennonite, um, Amish-related communities. So, you know, my mom had five kids and I guess I thought that I would get married and have children. So there's kind of that, um, like unconscious expectation. But, um, then as I got older and I got into college, I think it kind of went the opposite way where I was just like, never going to do this. You know, marriage is stupid. I don't want to have kids. So it's definitely transformed over time. And when I was with uh, my son's father, you know, it got to a point where I was like, okay, let's have a baby. But it was like less thought out. And now um, last year I turned 30. So after I gave him up for adoption, I, you know, I, I just, I didn't think I wanted kids and I was glad to not be raising him. But yeah, reaching 30 definitely has made me question that more. And it's not like I do or don't now, but I'm just more aware of making a conscious choice to or not to. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're allowed to have that transformation. It's not like it's set in stone your entire life. <laughs> I started this yeah. podcast because I I also grew up in a pretty strict religious environment where the expectation is to get married and have lots of kids. Um, but as I was growing up, I was like, I don't think that's for me. And then for a long, long time after I got married, I was like, nope, no kids. Nope, not for me. Nope, no kids. And then I shifted. <laughs> I got cancer in 2020. And I was like, oh, I actually do want kids. Like that health scare, like really clarified a lot of things for me. And so it's been this like really, uh, it's been kind of messing with my head. <laughs> <laughs> so I started this podcast to help process this change of mindset <laughs> and to help get me ready because now I'm currently pregnant. So baby comes in August. So anyway, what I'm saying is it's okay to have that change of mind and to kind of flip flop back and forth with things. Yeah, I totally relate to that. Wow. Congratulations. That's, uh, that's really cool. And also that you started the podcast to help process 
because you know one thing I've been dealing with is just almost like do I even have a right to think about it since I did an open adoption you know and like what if I have a kid and then my first child is like why didn't you keep me and like oh maybe I maybe I'll always maybe I'll be the way that I was then where I think I want kids and then when the child you know it's just like it's it is really but it's cool that like our our generation more than other generations have been able to actually think about it, even if it is confusing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And give it a lot more intention. I mean, it's not, not everybody has that much thought or intention into it and motherhood works out fine for them. And that's great. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like you're right. Like nowadays there is more room for people to think more and have more time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So you mentioned you're 30. Um, so if I'm doing my math right, were you 27 when you became a mom? Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Did your age affect that at all? Um, did my age affect um, choosing open adoption or being a mother? Yes, both. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, let's see. You know, I mean, my mom was like in her early 20s and then by like 30, you know, she had like five kids already. So um, I I know that like when I was in my mid 20s and even in my late 20s, like it's only been in the last couple of years where I'm like starting to get more of a sense of being an adult. But even then, um, I still can feel like really childish sometimes. And I'm just like, how the hell do people like grow up so fast sometimes? But um, I mean, the choice to at least the choice to do the open adoption was um, it was predominantly based on the relationship I had to his father, which was like abusive and controlling. And he was way older. It was just a really, uh, you know, kind of like toxic and really like a trauma repeated experience or like a repeat of my trauma but um but I guess the part of of age that did play into it was that I still felt like I was really learning about myself and I didn't have like a, a solid career or um I just felt like there was way too many moving parts to try to raise a child yeah, it, it felt like it was not going to be fair to him at all, you know. And so that that aspect of age did impact that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that must have been, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I imagine that was a really hard decision to place him for adoption. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it was... Um, it was really quite an experience because um, I, I do feel like his presence and his soul or spirit had impacted my decisions a lot during that time um, because I was with his father and, uh, you know, be, becoming pregnant with him really showed me how toxic the relationship was and, then I got the courage to leave and 
um you know i was just like really open to guidance like spiritually and um yeah the th things were just kind of guiding me in that direction and then um when i did find a family on an, an adoption site that really aligned uh before we even met through the agency i i ran into them by chance at this like big family festival in seattle and that felt really serendipitous and just like his presence impacted that. So it was really difficult decision, but it also felt really right. And uh, I did, I knew, yeah, it was difficult, but I knew that it wasn't the, the right time. And just the way I felt about his father, I was afraid that, afraid that was gonna affect how I treated him. And I didn't wanna be connected. You know, it was just like, there were so many things that were just like, uh, this is not, yeah, this isn't the right time. Yeah. Feeling energy around it. So that really helped to solidify. After he was born, it was uh it was a little harder for the first while emotionally. But yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry you were in an abusive relationship, but I'm so glad you're out now. <laughs> yeah. You know, a big part of of my feelings about that, I still, I, I do have like a lot of gratitude though, because um, I mean, all, all things in our lives we learn from and, you know, in my experience, and I want to say this carefully, but um, once you're an adult, you know, I, I do think there's a responsibility when it comes to age. Absolutely. You know, the older you are, you should be more responsible about your impact on younger individuals. And he was like over 20 years older than me. So there's that. But um, a big lesson that I've learned in my relationships is that abuse goes both ways. And I had to stop um allowing myself to be in these situations because oftentimes I mean some people have less choices and I want to recognize that absolutely but for me you know a lot of times I had a choice and I was uh accepting the treatment that I was given and so I had to um change my perception of self and you know all that good self-work that helps you realize your own choice in some of those situations, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is work being able to recognize your decisions and your patterns of behavior and how you relate to other people and recognizing that you can make a change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Abusive relationships are hard because a lot of times you need a lot of help from other people to help get out of it. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you have the support to do that, which is great. Right. Yeah. I mean, I had really like kind of cut off a lot of people at that point, but, um, you know, the ener energy of my son definitely drove me more towards leaving. And then once I chose that, I did have, you know, familial support where I could like, where I could like land, you know, and that makes a difference. A lot of people don't have that. And that's why, you know, I say that about, it does depend on the resources that you have for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've never been in an abusive relationship, but I know people who are currently or have been in the past. And uh, it's really sad because the abuser often will 
the limit, the support for the person that's in being abused. So it makes it that much harder because they're consciously or unconsciously trying to take that away from them so they won't leave. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he, he had like all the money and the house and uh, we were in Costa Rica, you know, so it was difficult to find outside resources. So that's where like, Uh, once I had made the decision, you know, I was able to get family support and come back to the U S and, but yes. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So yes, the more you tell me, the more I'm like, you really have had a diverse life. Holy cow. (laughs) Does your, so you mentioned Seattle and Costa Rica. Does your son live in Seattle? Um. So I was in Seattle when I was pregnant with him in the, in the later part of my pregnancy. And um, then I met the family and at a festival in Seattle. And they actually live in Portland. So he lives outside Portland. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so your relationship to mothering is a little bit different because of the open adoption. Um, sure. But what was it like to shift to the role of mom and then if you are open to sharing what was it like to um place him for adoption you mentioned it was hard emotionally sure um yeah it it is really like uh you know like once you have a child you're changed it doesn't matter if you raise that child or not at least that's what i can say from my experience You know, being pregnant, once I got pregnant, like there was definitely a sense of an aspect of my youth was gone. You know, I I felt like I was, yes, I felt less like a child. And then once I gave birth, I definitely felt a greater connection to my mom and sister who both have, my sister has children um, as well. Yeah, it's like a... I don't know. It's like a sense of grace or acceptance or something. Oh, but it was, it was really complex. Like once I had given, I actually gave birth at their house in Oregon and I was there. I had been there for two or three weeks prior. And then afterwards I was there for about a week. And so I nursed him a little bit. And then um, one of the other moms had stimulated milk production so you know that first week was like so hard uh I was I was able to process my placenta and take that as a supplement which I would recommend to anyone because it was definitely super helpful for postpartum but you know watching other people raise him was probably the hardest part at first Uh, was the hardest part that I've experienced of the process um you know watching them raise him now is like wonderful but um I just felt like I was supposed to be with him more and closer and I wanted him you know near me and yeah that was that was really difficult so you know since having him I see I I think I see like the positives and negatives more clearly like you know after I kind of got through that emotional part seeing them raise him was like, wow, I'm glad I don't have to do those things and all those parts. And it felt validating because it was like so much responsibility and I was not in that place. 
And my son's father was just, you know, not letting go of the fact that I didn't want to be with him. And so I was just like grateful to not have to deal with that. And I, I kind of just continued to live similarly as I had prior to being pregnant. But now, of course, I'm, I was connected to this person really closely. So it, it's been really dy- dynamic over the last three years. And actually, just in the last few months, kind of right around when I turned 30, you know, there, I said there was sort of this shift of like, do I want to be a mother? And, you know, I'm kind of getting to that age where like, I don't want to go many more years if I do without, you know, actually being pregnant. And since then, my kind of like acceptance of where he is and letting that go and sort of closing my grasp and desire to control or decide the de- you know, because some of the decisions they make, I don't agree with. And yet it's like, this is what he chose, as far as I can tell. This is what I chose. Um, and so like letting that go. So yeah, the motherhood thing is like, you know, it was like in this weird limbo with him because it's like, I'm super connected because I gave birth to him and I feel the sense of responsibility. And yet, you know, our children aren't ours and there are plenty of people who are not connected to their biological families. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a moving like relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. There's a lot for me to think about in that. You're right. Yeah. Yes. I Just to touch on the placenta thing that you mentioned, I had, I've heard of people like doing placenta pills, like encapsulating their placenta. I've also heard people um, just like making placenta smoothies or soups. <laughs> yeah. Different ways people ingest their placenta afterwards. So it sounds like it was really helpful for your emotional state after you gave birth. Yeah, I mean, I was like taking, I think I I did like dried it in a um, dehumidifier or what are they called? Sure, Uh, like a fruit dryer or something. Yeah, like in a fruit dryer and then um, ground it in a coffee grinder. And then my midwife had an encapsulator. So I took it as supplements and I had like three or four pills a day or something. And uh, about after a month, I think, um, I stopped taking it for a couple days. And I mean, I was still definitely dealing with postpartum, but the days I didn't take it, I significantly noticed that there was a difference. And so, yeah, it really had an impact on my emotional health for sure. Wow. 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 Yeah. 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 Um, so it's an open adoption, how, and you live in different States. Um, and every open adoption from what I understand is a little bit different depending on the circumstances of the, um, birth parents or parents and the adoptive family. Um, uh, so how, how often do you, are you in contact with Calix and how often are you in contact with his family? Um, so I lived in the area with my sister at the time for, um, about four months and I was seeing him pretty frequently. And then, um, I moved down here to the Bay at the beginning of January of 2019. 
Um, and so I, I try to see him, I try to go up there and see him like a couple times a year. Um, and they have a farm. And so sometimes I stay out there, um, on the farm. And so that's pretty like an intertwined experience, but then, you know, like we have a group message and I hear from them frequently. And sometimes we do video calls. Um, that's really fun. I like doing that. Uh, my son will like put me in a dump truck and then like dump me out and, <laughs> and you know, it's like super cute and, you know, connecting with him and like looking into his eyes and just feeling that, uh, connection is a really nice experience. Um, so yeah, it's, it's different for each they wanted me to breastfeed afterwards and I wanted to breastfeed. So we did that. Plenty of families don't. I lived there for a little bit. Um, so it's been like pretty in intertwined and it's kind of just like on a, it's like a pretty organic relationship, you know, mm -hmm. it's not really like, you know, uh, there's like a contract that we created, but we haven't had to abide by it because it's like, if you know, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> it sounds like there's a lot of communication. So if there's something that comes up, you can just talk through it with them. Yeah. And just, you know, the contracts, like you will talk this many times a year and that's kind of like the, the minimum, you know, like if you were to have issues or something. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Did becoming a mom change the way you saw or treated other people? You kind of touched on this a little earlier. I mean, yeah. And, you know, like I said, it changed my relationship to my mom and sister. And uh, I definitely have like a, a greater respect for um, motherhood and moms. Uh, but it was cool because afterwards there was like two or three experiences that kind of came up where someone was telling me, about either an open adoption that they did or someone that they knew that did it or someone who almost did it and then didn't do it and there was like yeah like a couple experiences where a person didn't follow through and their kids were like really struggling and the parent was really and it was just like it was just really validating for the for me at the time so yeah mm -hmm. that kind of answers my next question but do you have any other thoughts about um how becoming a mom or did becoming a mom change the way other people saw you or treated you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't really know about that one too much because I, um, you know, I didn't have him around so that mm -hmm. people could really know. Um, you know, there are some people in my life where I, okay, here, here's the way for me. Um, I think a lot of people see this choice as like um you know because so many experiences of adoption I guess were like there was so much shame around it because you shouldn't give up your child or it was because it was like a quote-unquote illegitimate child or so there's like this kind of shame around it where it was like kept quiet you know uh I think that's what a, a lot of adoptions in the past that weren't open that's what it was more like so that energy still is there a little bit and so there were times where I would express it to someone and they would be like oh you know like there's some sense of like sympathy or like 
but for me it was more like no this is an experience that's add to, added to my life and um there was a sense of empowerment of like leaving this relationship and not just like okay i'm gonna i have to raise this kid you know it was like this doesn't feel right i found this family that was such a good match so that was mainly the way that um a perception of me had shifted where it was like yeah a kind of like sympathy like poor you victim energy that was really frustrating and and i had an experience with um a grandpa where he was judgmental and you know so it's been it's been interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been interesting yeah. 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 It's like there's just a, there's a lot of misconceptions um around it and um it's really tricky to navigate cuz it's like a whole other relationship but you know anytime that um I guess for me the way that I perceived open adoption was like an opportunity to have even more people in his life to support him. So I think that's uh, an aspect of motherhood that's powerful in any form is like, how can, how can the child be exposed to more support and wisdom and understanding and resources? And because uh, uh, a big, a big factor in making this decision was a quote about parenthood and how it's from the book, the prophet that we we believe that we own our children and that there are many uh, there are many me's and that they're going to love and care for us and that they should be like us and do what we want when yeah of course i i hope all, all children love their parents but um some don't and some don't get the treatment from their parents to be an autonomous being so yeah, I, I'm glad to be in a place where I can, um, That that's a perspective that's shifted for me from motherhood, is that regardless if I choose to have children or not, I still have to give them space. And um, anyways, that kind of digressed off mm-hmm. the question. Yeah, yeah. It relates back to something you were saying earlier that, you know, lots of people don't really have a relationship with their biological family. Um, and so that kind of, I mean, that's true. There are a lot of people that don't, for whatever reason, don't have a relationship with them. Um, So it's really beautiful that part of your decision to place him for an adoption was, you know, just have more people in his life who will love him and support him. You're Mm -hmm. there for him. He has this other family that's raising him that it can be there for him. So the more love, the more support, the better. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I'm grateful to have that impact if I do decide to have children. Um, just to always be working towards, like, allowing them to, you know, be who they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's something I hope for this future child that I'm <laughs> expecting. I, yeah. I just want them to be who they are. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying not to have, I'm trying not to place expectations that they may or may not meet, you know, I'm mm-hmm. just trying to let, 
trying to prepare myself to allow them to just be who, whoever they are. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how does your, your religion, spirituality, how did that affect um, your mothering journey? You've mentioned it's kind of been interwoven in a lot of what you've said already. Do you have any other thoughts about that? Nice question. That's a really good question. I'm curious what other people have said. Um, spirituality. I mean, you know, I was raised like super religious. So at first we kind of went away from all of that, you know, like it was a package deal, spirituality and religion. But then prior, like two or three years prior, the reason that I was in Costa Rica was because after college, I was kind of on a spiritual journey, I would say. And, um, in a way that's sort of why I don't, I don't feel upset at my son's father because I believe that it was a manifestation of, um, latent, you know, underlying trauma and it was coming forth to be dealt with. Um, that's my positive spin on that, but. Holy moly. It sounds like you've done a lot of work to get to that point. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I kind of have a story about that too, but, um, about why I was pregnant, but, uh, yeah, like, you know, I was really developing my spirituality in Costa Rica and it, it's really come to like, um, it's a pretty like somatic experience. Like I really feel that embodiment and being present or, feeling being able to be in your body I think that's something we can all cultivate a little bit more because most of us weren't raised to be and our culture is not supportive of it because we're supposed to be fast and that's very future oriented most of the time which doesn't mean you can't be embodied when you're thinking about the future but it does make it difficult if you're always there but um you know, at the time uh, when I was pregnant, when I was still in Costa Rica, I, w- I was definitely like, you know, kind of, I guess what people would call praying, meditating. And um, and then especially after, you know, there was just like a moment where I was like, OK, it's time to leave. And I, I guess I feel like at this point, spirituality is kind of interwoven into my life in various ways. And sometimes it's really like simple, you know, aspects of daily life. And then other times it's like running into this family at a festival, you know, where it's like so much more in my face. But when I was a few months along and I was back in the U.S., I was considering abortion and had a a really adverse response to thinking about it and so then I I kind of felt like that wasn't the path and then that night I had a dream that was pretty spiritual I guess and symbolic and that helped me make the decision to continue to go on with the pregnancy and then yeah just like along the way you know I was like meditating a lot and really like what I felt like was trying to relate to the spirit of this child so I would you know I'd close my eyes and I would feel into that part of my body and into his body and just try to connect like and I would I would ask him do you want to 
you know, should we do this or should we do this? And I just kind of noticed the differences in how each of those options felt. And, you know, one kind of created this opening and the other one kind of created this dark, like, cloud and compact heaviness. So that was, um, you know, my body has definitely been a, become a big part of my spirituality. And, and then just, yeah, you know, meeting his family the way I did, the alignment of what they wanted and what I wanted. So, you know, I think a lot of times we think of like spiritual as kind of like this separate thing um, or like super magical and I guess, it, and, it, and it can be. And then other times it's also just like the subtleties of alignment of like, you know, meeting someone that you really connect with and the kind of uh, significance of that or finding a house that really matches your desires and kind of like the new age law of attra attraction, but not necessarily like in a greedy way. Yeah. So it's definitely had a big impact. Spirituality has had a big impact on on motherhood and how I feel about it. And yeah. Yeah, that's really beautiful. The, when you were describing meditating and connecting with your son when you were pregnant and asking, should we do this? Should we do that? And kind of having that communication with him in utero. That's so beautiful. <laughs> wow yeah, for sure yeah I mean and and that connection really and this is kind of the part I was alluding to earlier was I was towards the end of my pregnancy when I had moved I went down to the farm and was going to live there a, a few weeks before his due date which he was born in August as well and as am I and as his father so I had a midwife down there and we went to see her for the first time. She was super great, down to earth, really liked her. And she discovered a little bit of a heart murmur um, in his heart. And that was not good because we wanted to do a home birth. And if that persisted, she was not comfortable doing a home birth. So I was really upset about that and confused. And um, when I got home, I, I kind of meditated and asked what that was about. And the message was that I needed to forgive his father and I needed to forgive myself because I was holding hatred. Um, and I, I do use like the chakra system a little bit, which I'm very grateful for. And so I did some chakra heart meditations and um, cried and really forgave, you know, myself too for staying in that situation and the next day she came back and the heart murmur was gone. Wow. Wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So it was a beautiful experience and um, yeah, I guess it like validated the, it validated the power of, you know, just being connected with ourselves and, I don't know. I, I just think that's a, a level that can increase, you know, kind of continuously. And yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you got the home birth you wanted. I got the home birth I wanted and it went pretty well and it was really painful. <laughs> <laughs> 
but you're gonna do great <laughs> i'm giving birth in a birth center and um yeah i'm trying to prepare myself mentally and physically for that <laughs> you know what really helped was just like that i had practiced meditation and so i was able to like focus really helped you know and and you know pushing at the right times which uh was you know because you kind of like can get ahead of yourself but your body is knows what it's doing and you know i had a lot of trust in my body and i really trusted the people that i was with everybody kind of had feeling you know we all felt and it's such a feeling experience and so you know my encouragement to anybody who's giving birth is like make it yours don't fuck (laughs) whoever's feelings you're gonna hurt it doesn't matter it's not about them because the energy is very important it's so important i mean you're so vulnerable and it's so intense if you don't want someone in there even though you said they could be in there it doesn't matter tell them to leave maybe it's not even that they're a bad person it's just in that moment their energy isn't aligning with yours you know so um meditating had really having that skill really helped because i could focus and i could focus on what i needed to and that also helped with the pain so i wasn't you know so overtaken by it yeah but just do it how you want to just do it however you want to (laughs) That's the plan. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so how does your culture affect your mothering? You mentioned a lot about your spirituality, which sounds like it really uh, impacts mm-hmm. your culture. But other than that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like another part of getting older, I know I'm so young to a lot of people, but is like kind of an integrating who I, because my family was in this religion for generations. Like when we look at as far as we can go, they were coming from Germany and they were in this religion already, you know, that's like seven generations ago. So it's really deep in my DNA. I do experience a lot of, you know, like dogma. Uh, Like I can believe things really quickly. So I have, to watch out for that but um now like the way culture is really my my childhood culture is starting to kind of interweave with my current culture you know I um and in some ways like coming back around you know I'm definitely not going to go back to the to the religion but there was a lot of like family values and community. There's so much community. I mean, like we would have a build day and you'd have all these families come and suddenly at the end of the day, most of the building's done. And, you know, of course the women are cooking and the men are building. And so there's like that gender gap, but I guess the way I'm seeing culture impact motherhood more now is I guess for one is like, you can be a mother in moments that you don't even know. Um, Sometimes there's a child that needs some guidance or a little bit of help or, you know, my partner sometimes needs like a loving support that's kind of motherly. And I would say like my experiences that have shaped my culture 
over the last five years, my experiences over the last five years and the way they've affected my culture has led me to that perception more of like the roles that we hold can be shifted in different situations. And just because you have a child doesn't mean you're a mother. And just because you don't have a child doesn't mean you don't take that role sometimes. So that has definitely played a part. And then the way my childhood culture has impacted it is more recently is like, I do really like community and I really like the idea of co-supportive, you know, raising and being available to each other in a, in a sense of, and, and how that impacts children. So whether I have my own children or not, I, I do hope to be connected to people in a way that where I can have a relationship to their children or be supportive or helpful or I desire community definitely. And that's super impacted by um, my culture. Yeah. 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 And yeah, that that's part of, I'm, well, I guess it's part of everybody's journey in some way or another, but like, I'm, I'm thinking about you leaving your, uh, that abusive relationship. You had the community to help get out of that. And then placing Calix in this new family, there was this whole community that came around to help support that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see how that's super important. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of relationship do you have with your your mother? Hmm. Um, we definitely have an evolving relationship. Um, if you know, when I was younger, there was five of us, and sometimes I'm like, "How the hell?" But for her, you know, um, the first five years of my life, we were in the religion, and my youngest sister, my youngest, the the youngest child in our family was born right around when we left. So what they believed while we were in the church is that you don't use um, birth control. So there's a lot of children and with a lot of children comes less time for each child. A lot of what I remember about childhood was like we were cared for and they would hug us when we're crying and we always had food you know we always had night you know warm clothes and we were taken care of um we had the things we needed but I was always closer to my father than my mother and I also was often not uh I would get like comments like from both my mother and her mother that I wasn't, you know, feminine enough or like, that's not ladylike or, you know, I wanted to play football and I couldn't play football. And I mean, you know, now I'm kind of grateful because it's really hard on your body, but there was definitely like a gender dynamic of you're a female and um, you're not super feminine, Carrie. (laughs) Uh, So that, was painful and I just always I just felt like my dad accepted me you know um yeah and it was it was kind of I I guess I always felt like there was a little bit of a 
gap in her and I's relationship uh, where we just didn't have much to say. It was cool to see how having my son shifted that a little bit and just being more comfortable as I get older to talk about certain things. And she's been open to that, you know, about things we went through. And and that's great. You know, I don't think a lot of people have that with their parents. So I am grateful for that. Um, that was one of my questions, actually, is how having your son affected your relationship with your mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really so sweet. It did help in that way, like to kind of bring a greater connection. Um, but actually, just a few months ago, when I kind of had this shift with just, I guess, a lot of different relationships, I was looking at a lot of different relationships. And um, it's not super great right now. It's not bad, but it's just like, it, it, I guess it's like, I don't we don't have a lot to relate to anymore. And that's hard when it's, you know, it just like brings in the whole thing about like biology and who our families are and, you know, what is the relationship to that when you don't really feel a relationship to that. And, you know, it's not like anything super bad, but there's, there's also like this weird energy when I'm around most of my family and I know it's, it's tricky. And, uh, she plays into that and so I wish that we had more to relate on um but I have also learned like I said a while ago um mothers can be in a lot of different places and I have seen the impact of feminine energy increase over the last year or so and um I'll always respect and love my mom and she's done so much for me. Uh, but some of the things that I feel like I need from a motherly figure, I do get from other places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's again, why community is so important having yes. the other places you can draw on. Yeah. And provide, like you mentioned that sometimes you can provide that mother, motherly role for other people too. So you're, you're that figure for someone else at different times too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. What is something about your motherhood journey that has surprised you? Um, well, I never thought that I was going to do an open adoption. <laughs> um, so that was really surprising. I didn't um, think that uh, that was going to happen. And, um, and then when I was pregnant, I thought I was going to give him up for adoption and that was going to be that and it was going to be all good and whatever. Um, I didn't know how connected I was going to feel to him and that for the first while it was going to be kind of tricky. And then I didn't know that I was going to be where I am now thinking about uh, if I actually want to have children. And um, yeah, so I guess really just the surprising part is how much it's shifted how different I can feel from time to time. Um, and that I, you know, in, all in all, like it's, uh, if, if I don't have another child, I'm really grateful to have had the experience, to have the experience of like being pregnant, giving birth. I really hated being pregnant. I hope you like it. 
so far, it's been really easy. I mean, I had to have surgery to remove a cyst, but other than that, it's been, yeah, it's been okay. Good. That's good. Yeah. My, my process was really miserable and I was depressed. I mean, it didn't help that I was like leaving this abusive relationship and dealing with like culture shock, you know, cause I had been in Costa Rica for like over a year and I was coming back to like Seattle where like from a beach, tiny town to a big, huge city. So there was all these other factors as well, but um, yes, it's definitely continually surprising me uh and you know just like how deep the sort of the the societal um cultural impact and then also just like the biological sense of like that desire sometimes like even when I was with my son's father that desire to parent and yet when the reality come came, it was like a whole other thing, you know, so it's just, it shifts and I'm getting better at that, I guess, as I get older too, is like being aware of how we shift and sometimes trying to like take a second <laughs> to <laughs> let it level out before there's too much action or not, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> <See> what happens. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good life lesson. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what about your mothering journey has been hard? And you've, you've talked a lot about this already. Do you have any other thoughts? Um, yeah, just, you know, going from, I mean, it was hard to uh, realize that I was in an abusive relationship. It was hard to leave. It was hard to be pregnant physically it was hard it was hard to move I, it was so difficult um and then uh handing him over to be nursed by someone else and seeing him you know he was like kind of out of my control which is like what I had chosen and they were great about it too they were really inclusive and it was I know it was difficult for them too but yeah I mean that's kind of the things I touched on before um it's been okay. It's been manageable. Giving birth was intense, but it was great. It's like an altered state of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to it. <laughs> like I'm a little apprehensive about it, but I'm, the more I learn about it, I'm like, this is so cool. Totally. <laughs> totally. It is super cool. And it was, you know, what I thought that I, like I thought I, my my family was going to be around and I thought it was going to be fine to have them there, but then they didn't end up being there. And I was actually really gr- glad. Like I had the, both mothers, uh, he, he, they're a lesbian couple. Both mothers were there. Um, the midwife and her support. And then one of the moms, moms. So my son's grandma um, and my best friend, yeah, I mean, um, I was surprised about some of the birth aspects, too, and just, um, yeah, it's like your, your your body is doing it, you know, and you're just kind of like along for the ride. So be excited because it's a, it's a totally a unique experience and you might not, you you know, if, if you have another child, but maybe you'll never have another child and it's the only experience of it that you'll ever have. And it's it is totally uh there's nothing else that's like it yeah absolutely 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's beautiful. After, then there's all of a sudden this other human, you know, it's like crazy. <laughs> yeah. Our bodies are amazing. Wow. <laughs> Um, what about motherhood? Your journey has brought you joy. Um, I mean, it's super cool to like know this whole other family in this way. And when I met them, um, that was just amazing, you know, cause I just, I just knew them from the picture I'd seen online. So I walked up to, uh, one of the moms and was like, hi, I might want to give you my baby. <laughs> wow. Um, so seeing them for the first time at this festival was a wonderful, and then their energy was wonderful and alignment. Uh, giving, Doing a home birth, being in that setting, the um, midwife was everything I could have asked for in that situation. And you know, seeing him get older and he's attached to his sister and they absolutely love each other. That's like, brings me so much joy. The opportunities he's being exposed to things I could not have done, you know, um, that's brought me so much joy separating from his father, letting go of that energy, knowing I don't owe him anything. I don't have to say anything to him anymore. I don't have to, I don't have no reason to need to talk to him. Um, and then just even recently, like being able to let go a little bit more, that definitely has brought a lot of joy because I feel like I don't, I feel like he played a part in this decision and I don't have to um, advocate it's okay. He's got it. They've got it. I chose this. He chose this for a reason. So yeah, there's been definitely a lot of moments of joy. Not being pregnant anymore was so great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, when I finally went into labor, it was like, yes, please. I was a week late. I was like, come on, you know, (sighs) it was so great. Um, what advice would you give someone like me who's getting ready for motherhood? And you've sprinkled lots of advice throughout as we've talked. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably just kind of like some of the same things of just like making the birth experience what you want it to. Um, the other big thing, and I was actually talking to a doula about this, is really trying to get postpartum support because our culture does a really bad job of including that in the birth experience. And it totally is because now there's so much focus on the baby, but you're totally going through this, you know, shift and loss in a way. And that's why I encourage the consumption of the placenta because it, it, it energetically really helps to not lose so much. And it is like this organ that you've been developing for nine months. Yeah. And then just like, um, creating this space of like this, this poem from the prophet is about how our children come through us and that they're their own soul in a physical body that came through you. And of course there's, there's biology and there's the relation. There's going to be similarities. They'll probably look like you and the father, Um, but they are their own being. And yeah, just allowing that, um, having community, um, 
taking care of yourself afterwards and just like anything in life, you know, knowing that you're doing the best you can. And I mean, it's, it's just another way to learn about yourself. That is very true. Yeah. Yeah. It's another aspect of myself and my husband getting to know him in a different way too, as we go through this Mm -hmm. together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it has been such a joy talking to you. Thank you so much for your time and for being so open. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this is this has been fun too. And I I was looking forward to it, even though it took a little bit of time to get it worked out. It feels like the right timing. And yeah, I, I wanted to because I had this shift recently kind of perspective, it's nice to process it a little bit and um it's cool to hear about your journey and the sort of like the decision and yet also the like I was thinking about it and now here we are and you know just kind of like going with it and letting go of a little bit of control you know <sighs> wow saying that really made me emotional <laughs> just that that is kind of my fear you know is like um doing it wrong making the wrong decision but we never really know, you know, and there aren't wrong decisions necessarily. It's just what can you take from what has happened? And, you know, cause I don't want to make the wrong decision and not have a child. And I don't want to make the wrong decision and have a child, but it's not really about right and wrong. So kind of letting go of that control of needing to decide how my life's going to go. Not that I can't influence it, but you know, Wow, that was super deep. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> did, you sen- did you ever feel that? A sense of losing control when you got pregnant this time? Uh, well, a little bit. It took us a lot longer than I anticipated to get pregnant. I mean, it didn't take us like years or anything. It took us six months. But And then I found out about the cyst. And so I was like, uh, well, I guess I don't have that much control over my body. <laughs> As I thought I did. And like having cancer, like that was a really big surprise that, yeah. So like the idea of like, I just live in this body. (laughs) I try to take care of it, but there's not, you know, a lot of it is not in my control. Yeah. Yeah. Plants help me so much with that because like, I'll, I'll try so hard to take care of them. And some of them, die and then other ones that have gone through so much like live and some will stop growing for a while and then suddenly they're growing and like I love all all these different things and I'm like oh just like me (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah well oftentimes when people talk about not uh like trying to let go of control it's it's the idea of like not trying to control your kid too much and like kind of letting them be an autonomous being like you were talking about earlier, but the idea of like not really holding on to t- too much control too tightly with your own life is like kind of blowing my mind a little bit. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh my God. You know, cause I could sit here and think about it and think about it and think about it. And it's ultimately like, I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't, we'll see, you know, I mean, I can make the choices that I can make, but some of them are out of my control and some of the way I'm going to respond. I'm not, you know, you don't know. And yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Well, thank you again. There's been so much 
um, insight and things for me to think about and chew on. And I really, really appreciate your time and your sharing and everything. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me and um, creating the time and space. And I'm sure there are people really enjoying, you know, hearing the the processing and um, hearing your journey along the way as you uh, relate to different individuals. I hope so. I hope this is helpful for someone other than just me. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I'm sure. The collective consciousness, as it may be. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Laura. Carrie, thank you again so much for talking with me. Since our chat, I have every once in a while meditated in a way to specifically communicate with this baby growing inside of me. Sometimes it's hard to focus, but sometimes it is so sweet. I truly appreciate you sharing your perspective on letting go of control. It's tricky, right? Because we want to be able to control some things and make decisions, but also the idea of surrendering to life and in my own personal spiritual journey, surrendering to the will of God. That's not easy, but sometimes there's no choice. We have to surrender, like when I got cancer. Anyway, I really appreciated this chat and being able to listen back as I edited the audio was helpful too. And again, Carrie, I am so glad you were out of that abusive relationship. Listener, if you are in an abusive relationship, you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 800-799-7233 or text the word START, S-T-A-R-T, to 88788 for help and resources. Carrie, you are also not the only person I've heard say that encapsulating their placenta and taking them as pills was helpful for their mood in the postpartum period. I'm glad that was helpful for you, and if you, listener, are experiencing postpartum depression or any postpartum mood disorder, or if you know someone experiencing these things, there are resources to help. One is the Postpartum Support International at postpartum.net. You can call their helpline at 1-800-944-4773 or text HELP to that same number, 800-944-4773. If you are in the United States, you can also call the National Helpline any day, any time of day at 800-662-HELP or 1-800-662-4357. These numbers are also in the show notes. Happy Mental Health Awareness Month! If you would like to come on the podcast and share your experiences of being a mom, send me a message. Or if you know someone who would be interested in being on the podcast, send them my way. I'd love to chat. You can reach out to me on the Laura Asks About Motherhood Facebook page or Instagram account. Please subscribe, leave a rating and review, and thanks for listening.